0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm so excited to be coming at you guys with another interview, and I know that I say that pretty much every single week, but there are a couple of reasons why I'm particularly excited about today's episode, just in regards to the value that I hope you guys are gonna be able to take from it, the value that I know I took from having a conversation with this week's guest. Her name is Krista Ripma. She is the co-founder and president of a marketing agency called Authentic Audience, and she speaks about business and entrepreneurship in honestly just such a beautiful way, both from, the place of growing her own business and the things that she's learned in doing that, but also through helping countless other people, a lot of big brands to build their brands, their businesses, grow their reach and audience as well. Uh, What I particularly loved about this episode was obviously everything we talked about in regards to what I call aligned marketing. And what I mean by that when I've shared about it here before is marketing that feels good in your business, marketing that is authentic, marketing that people don't you know, feel put off by because it's really just you showing up, sharing with the world loud and proud about what it is that you have to offer. You're so excited about it. You believe in it and other people get to pick up on that energy and decide to buy from that place. That's really what it's all about. And Krista just really brings that together and communicates it in such a profound way. What I also really loved about this episode was just the tangible takeaways that Krista had to share with you guys for your businesses. I know I'm going to be implementing a lot of them because a lot of the time in talking about energy on this podcast it's it's hard to actually implement an energy change and I have given lots of examples and tools for you guys but I know that it's like a very conceptual idea to shift your energy to align it with what it is that you want but a lot of the time what really really is the most effective way to do that is through a simple perspective shift. And Krista has so many million dollar perspective shifts in this podcast episode that she has, you know, given to clients that she's implemented herself that I just think are going to help so many people move through or move past the resistance that's holding them back. There was a couple that she dropped that I have been thinking about since we recorded this episode. Uh she also just gives some really really valuable uh, marketing tips and audience growth tips. And I i mean, I don't have anything else to say other than I hope that you guys listen. I hope that you like this episode. I think it is really, really, really worth your time in terms of the value that Krista is giving us today. So without further ado, here's my interview with authentic marketing expert, Krista Ripma. You're listening to the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Saunders. I'm a business and manifestation mentor for modern entrepreneurs who know that deep down, there's a better, smarter, and easier way to manifest the next level success they desire. On this podcast, we explore a very different approach to growing your business and income quickly, and it has nothing to do with hustling hard or discovering the perfect marketing strategy. By understanding the power of my thoughts and training myself to think in energetic alignment with the reality that I desired, I went from teacher to 20 and 30 $30,000 months in just two years in my online business. If there's one thing I know to be true, it's that we're each vastly capable of creating hugely successful businesses that light us up and set us free. I'm here to share with you the knowledge and strategies needed to manifest the success you want. I truly believe that you can become, create, and achieve anything you desire, and it's just a matter of changing your thoughts in order to change your life. So let's get started. Hi, Krista. How are you doing today? Hi. I'm good. Happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here chatting with us. And um, I've introduced my audience to you before jumping on here today so they know a bit about you and um, what it is that you're up to. But I would love to hear it from you if you could share with our audience who you are and what it is that you do as an entrepreneur.
1: Hmm where to start. Yeah, um, <laughs> I am a launch strategist, so I do all things digital marketing. I love digital marketing. Um, I love business. I love entrepreneurship. So my company, Authentic Audience, we are a digital marketing company where we specialize in online launches, uh, sales coaching. I do a lot of sales coaching, which is really resistance coaching in a lot of ways. Yep and um, lots of just big project launches. I also teach, so I teach uh, marketing courses and lectures and, and talks and that's really fun too. I also have a podcast. I love talking, I just love people. So yep, it's a really fun job because I constantly get to like immerse myself in somebody else's world and help them bring whatever magic it is and their gifts uh, to light and connect them with the people who they created it for. So yeah, that's what I do on a day to day basis. And I would say that my approach to entrepreneurship is like half strategy, half spirituality. So a lot of intuitive stuff, a lot of, you know, angel card pulling and astrology and manifestation, and then a lot of data and numbers and spreadsheets and action. So.
0: Okay. I'm I'm so, thank you. I'm so excited to just hear, because I, like my audience knows the way that I kind of, you know, marry those two, but I'm excited to hear it from somebody else because I know that you're going to bring things to the podcast that I haven't been able to. So uh, maybe before we dive in though, I know people love to hear, we have a lot of people listening who are maybe in the early stages of their business or have just gone full-time or working to go full-time and are sort of in that period where, you know, they're wanting things to be steady for them or they're wanting to be earning a consistent income. Could you share with us just a snapshot of what the growth of your business and your your journey to where you are now has looked like perhaps
1: what it is that you did before? Mm, that's such a good question. Um, and it's so hard, especially in entrepreneurship, <laughs> yeah. because it can be this slow and steady thing, which I like to call a slow burn, which is actually my goal. Um, But that is not how it's been for us. It's very up and down over the years. So like six months ago, I've actually been thinking about sharing this, but I haven't yet. So this is the first time I'll share it. um, Six months ago, we were in a really tough spot. We lost a lot of big clients that were like maybe our biggest bread and butter because they were brick and mortar like locations that had to close because of COVID. So obviously, they don't need marketing. And it really forced us to pivot in a lot of major ways, which was incredible and what my business needed, but we would have never done that if we weren't in such a tight spot. And six months later, we just bought a house. And six months ago, it was like, can we make rent and payroll? So It's such – one of the biggest pieces of advice my dad gave me is like you cannot attach your your idea or metric of success to the dollar in your bank account because it's just continuously going to change. And if you attach your happiness and idea of success to that number, especially as an entrepreneur, it's going to be a very stressful life. So for me, although I aim for this slow growth, this slow burn, it's really been – a lot of ups and downs. We started the company, um, my husband and I. We were not married at the time, which sounds totally crazy to go into <laughs> business with your boyfriend, but we did. And um, helped, like luckily for us, it worked out, and yep. we we're happily <laughs> married. But. Um, about four years ago now. And it was, it blew up kind of quickly. Like we didn't really expect it to grow as fast as it did. And then COVID sort of caused us to rethink a lot of things uh, financially and pivot a lot into sort of a new way of being. And now it's going really, really well, knock on wood. But um, one of my mentors early on did say, you know, you especially with entrepreneurship, especially when you have clients and and do this kind of work that you and I do, there's going to be waves. And when business is good and your plates are full and abundance is heavy, like ride that wave. And you also have to ride the waves when like things are kind of quiet and maybe the emails aren't streaming in like they were two months ago. And that can just be for so many reasons. So For me, it's about being really consistent in what I put out there and what I'm creating regardless of like the response I'm getting back. Um, whether that's like more Instagram followers or more podcast listeners or more money in my account, whatever your metric of success is. Obviously, it's really important to do everything we can to hit those goals. Um, but at the end of the day, I think being an entrepreneur, you don't go into entrepreneurship because you want to be <laughs> rich quick. You go into it because you love business and you love creating and you want to innovate and you know change the yep. world in some small way or big way. So. Yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's what it's been like for me.
0: No, thank you. Um, And thank you just for being real about it because – and I have really made a point on this podcast to talk about the struggles (laughs) and not have it be this, you know, shiny thing where it's like, oh, I manifested this six-figure business, you know, or multiple six-figure business, million-dollar business, like it was nothing. Uh, I've really been honest about my struggles, and I know that that resonates with people because even just a few years ago, what you saw most of the time was people – just presenting like a very specific narrative around their business and how it was going. And it's just not realistic. And even when you have gotten to a a place, as you've said, where you're having – uh, a lot of success, that doesn't mean that a couple months later, you're not back in like, oh my gosh, wh- what's going to happen? I'm going to be able to pay my team. Because as you grow your income, you grow your expenses as well. There's more responsibility. Suddenly you're more bottom money, More money, yeah. more
1: problems. Poor, <laughs> exactly. It's yep. just, and changing your mindset too, I think around your relationship with money like it's such a sticky conversation and i think when your relationship with money is easy money comes easy and when your relationship with money is hard it's hard and oftentimes when you're in that sticky spot your relationship with money is really hard so keeping that this is where the spirituality and the you know the bigger picture comes in like holding that intention of like we are held we are taken care of we deserve abundance like all of that when you're in the sticky parts because obviously when money is just like coming through and everybody's happy and everything's light, it's like, oh, this is great. Abundance is everywhere. Manifestation is real. But holding that in the low points I think has been the biggest lesson for me in like bouncing back the way we have.
0: Amazing. Well, and I I love that you shared that story of like the six-month turnaround because it really – it can happen so quickly where you're like at an all-time low and wondering how you're going to pay your bills and then not long later, you know, have a completely different reality. It it can be that way and I I'd love to hear actually um because you said you were sort of forced to go in a different direction, what did that shift look like, because I've said on this podcast before, rejection is redirection, not that you were necessarily rejected, mm-hmm. but, but with um, clients leaving, it was almost as if you like that manifested so that you could get your business perhaps to where you really wanted it to be or the way that you wanted it to be in terms of workload. I mean, I'm not sure what shifted. So maybe you could share that with us.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So we sort of shifted from being like a full on agency to moving into like strategy, consulting, and launching, believe it or not, my own courses. Um, Oftentimes when you're doing agency work, you're spending all of your time on client projects and you're not spending any time on your own business. And oftentimes that's because of resistance. It's easier to work on somebody else's thing. It's easier to look at another business from the outside and instead of focusing on your own mm-hmm. and what you should be doing and how you should be growing. So what I for a long time was like ignoring my business was asking me to take the leap into teaching, lecturing, launching my own courses, launching my own things that I've been you know doing in my sleep for clients for so long. And um, the resistance was so strong. So when we started to um, see how difficult it is when you have your eggs in like clients' baskets, for lack right. of a better word. And then something like COVID happens and you really have no control over how they're going to react or how they're going to be affected. But what you do have control over is your own. And so um, I pivoted in such a big way. I, When we lost one of our major clients, I actually lovingly let go of all our agency clients. Oh my gosh. Um, And it was this huge (laughs) aha moment of like, this is not what my business wants. It wants 90-day launches. It wants deep strategy sessions, consulting. Like I love working with somebody in 90-day sprints, but month after month, year after year on retainer, that was not working for me anymore. But early on in a business, retainer clients are heaven, right? It's like literally heaven cent, it's security, it's financial freedom, it's all these things that we want early on. But I often say what got us here isn't going to get us where we're going. So those retainer clients is what got my business off the ground. And I will forever be so grateful for those people who entrusted us and paid us month after month to do their marketing and do their launches and do their work. But where I really thrive is in these 90-day sprints, Clear contracts, clear deliverables, clear expectations, and then they go fly and they actually don't need me anymore. And that's so beautiful. And then they can come back to me for their next launch, but we only are like collaborating or working together during that launch period, which is so much cleaner. So I'm still doing client projects, but what shifted was the agency retainer model. Um, it shifted into new pillars of revenue, which for me are three pillars. One is online courses, teacher uh, trainings, lectures. One is like custom strategy sessions and consult consulting that I do, and then the third pillar is still client launch projects, but in a like specific amount of time. So, gotcha, yeah.
0: and. What made you decide to let go of all of your retainer clients at once and how did you hold on to faith? Like what did you dig (laughs) your, your claws into at a time when it was like, oh my God, (laughs) because I love that. I love that you just like literally on my last episode, I was like, rip, rip out from underneath yourself, whatever your backup plan is or whatever that like comfort is that you keep going back to because it's holding you off from like creating what it is that you actually want. So what? Was that like thought process, and what enabled you to know that it was going to be okay and not freak out all day
1: every day? Well, I did freak out all day. Every okay, day, and, <laughs> um, I hit burnout in a really big way. I definitely am like a—I try to say recovering, you know, from workaholic and burnout. But the the truth is, is every six months or so, I, I hit it, and it was a big one that happened in June. I mean, it was COVID. It was. Everything was so uncertain. I had like some crazy drama within my business and personal life and everything just sort of like came crashing down to this wall of like, I need a break. And I was like beholden to all these clients. When you have an agency or like multiple retainer clients, it's like you have multiple bosses, like you're actually not in charge at all of your time and energy. And so that was the biggest thing is like, I need to get my time back. I need to get my time, my energy. I need to like reel it in because I'm unwell emotionally. And I literally, I kid you not, sat in the bath for like (laughs) a month. And this was in June. And like, luckily, and this was when financially we like I could not afford to take this time off, but I just had no choice. My body, my spirit was like, it will work out. It always does. Yes, need to rest and. I listened and I rested for like a full month, not to say I didn't hit burnout again two months ago, right? Because we're just constantly (laughs) learning and we have these patterns that we're growing and healing from, but that was it. Like I crashed in such a major way. It was like, I cannot keep going this way. When you have clients and you love what you do, you put your all into it. You go above and beyond. You know, for me, it's like never enough. And I could not keep doing that. So for me, I sat with one of my favorite mentors and teachers, she like held me in this space of possibility and was like, what do you love doing? What drives revenue? And we put like hearts and dollar signs next to everything I do and what I love and what makes revenue. And those are sort of how we came out with my new pillars of revenue. And not to say like now I'm actually looking at pivoting again. So it's, yep. you know, that's the <laughs> other thing is like, oh, well, I pivoted six months ago. I'm good now. No, no.
0: <laughs> it never ends.
1: You have to keep going. So, yeah. but that was a huge one for me definitely. And to, to even think that that was only six months ago is kind of nuts And that's the beauty of entrepreneurship too. And I, why I love it. I mean, having a nine to five has so much security, has so much safety, you know, where you're going and what you're going to make six months from now. And as an entrepreneur, there's like so much beauty in the unknown. And that's what I really love about it. And even in those dark moments, it's like, I wouldn't trade it. I totally know.
0: It's like, it's, almost addicting, like just the unknown and the ups and downs. And then like the emotional highs you get, especially as something's manifesting or especially like right out of a low point. It's just, it's so good.
1: <laughs> it's so good. I mean, it's like the most spiritual journey I've ever been on is is business and, and entrepreneurship and how we navigate really, really difficult things when we're sort of just like figuring it out as we go I think a lot of entrepreneurs are you know like just really just committed to growth and that's all you really need to be an entrepreneur I think um you don't need to have all the answers right
0: so you and your husband run a a business or a company called authentic audience Mm -hmm. could you
1: tell us what that is and what it's all about Yeah. So our company, um, we like to work with epic people doing epic work in the world. So it's usually service-based kind of stuff. Um, so like coaches, uh, healers, artists, musicians. Um, I mean really anybody, we do startups, small businesses. I love small businesses and, um, everything around digital marketing. So Facebook campaigns, I like creating strategies. So we'll do like custom strategies for people, uh, email list growth, um, all kinds of stuff. So basically anything outward facing that's between you and your audience, we strategize on and oftentimes execute those campaigns. So Everything from writing email copy or, you know, helping you with your email marketing to Facebook advertising to actually the course itself. Sometimes um, people need help with pricing and crafting the offer. So it's really fun because we can really offer you wherever you are in your business, whether it's just like a spark of idea that you're ready to bring into the world or you've been doing this for 10 years and you're ready to um, grow in a new way, rebrand, relaunch all of those things. So anything outward facing, any relationship between you and your audience, that's where we get to play. And it's really fun. I do the creative. Um, I'm mostly client facing and my husband does all of the numbers and spreadsheets and accounting and everything that makes us actually run and function as a business. So it's a great partnership.
0: Amazing. And um What, when you say authentic, like what does that mean for you and for your clients?
1: You know, it's such a good question. And I think authenticity has become such a buzzword over the Mm -hmm. years and I'm glad it has though, because I really do believe that it's the most important thing and and it is the most important value um, for me. And that's just standing in who you are. Um, regardless of how you're perceived by others, I just think that when somebody shows up so fully in their truth, in their vulnerabilities, in their flaws, and their mistakes, and their love and their messiness, it's so <laughs> much fun to play in that area. So when somebody comes to me and they're just so authentic and and um, really honest—I mean, honest, truthful, um, vulnerable. Transparent, you know, I think there is a fine line between transparency and authenticity, but it's just this unwavering truth. And uh, it's so important to me that truth and getting to the root of it. And I mean, believe it or not, the truth sells better than anything else. That's what people crave. So for me, when somebody comes to me and they're honest about where they're struggling, they're sharing honestly on social media. And you're getting a real, actual glimpse into who they are, why they do what they do, and their services are intentional and awesome. Um, that's what authenticity means to me, and it's a huge value. And and you know, I'm righteous in that. Oftentimes, I've lost friends and clients because the lack of authenticity. I just like can't go there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's what it means to me. And the idea came to me. We had this idea for a business rooted in authenticity after, you know, getting burned one too many times in business. And I was like, I'm done. I'm doing business a new way and it's all about truth and authenticity and this is totally possible and I think my husband thought I was a little nuts at the time and <laughs> turns out authenticity wins and um, Authentic Audience just seemed like a good, a good name and I'm so proud of our company. We have a great team now and… It's just been such a beautiful experience letting the company drive the drive this ship and and evolve how she wants to. So it's it's cool. I'm just here for the ride.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that you see your business as being, you know, something outside of you, like mm-hmm. something that's like bigger than you and you're just sort of feeding it because I think we get so it's like we are our businesses and then we make everything in our business mean something personal about us. Whereas that separation, I think, is key. <laughs>
1: Yes. That was one of the honestly biggest like pivotal moments in my journey with my business is recognizing that I am not my business. I am here to be in service to my business. And oftentimes we're the thing standing in our way. And when we talk to our business, I, you know, and I, I learned this actually from Yana Robinson. I did a women's coaching group with her and she has you do this meditation where you like call your business in and and that to me like changed everything. My business was literally sitting across from me, having coffee with me, <laughs> telling me what she needed and I was like, oh, like this has actually very little to do with me. This is has its own mission, its own purpose, its own energy and I'm here to just be in service to that. And two really great things happened When I made that shift and this is why I have my clients do this and I sort of scream it from the rooftops because one, when you remove yourself that way, your ego gets taken out in a really big way and our egos are like, you know, our (laughs) downfall. And also, you know, what make us human at the same time. But when you can remove your ego and just be like, oh, this isn't about me. Like my business needs me to do this or my business wants me to write the email or my business doesn't care how I look. Like it's more important that we get on and share and whatever, say the thing. that's the first thing. Anything that we can do to help ourselves remove the ego is huge. And the second thing is when we change our intention to service, that's where the magic really happens. And I learned this when I did my yoga teacher training and I came back just like fully ready to serve. And all these doors just kept opening up because my intention was just so pure to be in service. Mm -hmm. And when I switched that intention into my business – that same thing started happening. And it, you can't just say, oh, I'm in service to my business. You really have to believe it. But if you do, like my business has this epic mission. She's amazing. And she chose me to be the microphone. <laughs> that. She chose me to like look and sound and act the way I do because it will resonate, blah, blah, blah. But it's really not about me. I'm just here to be in service. It just changed the whole game. So it's like my little hack. But the truth is you have to believe it. Oh, that's so good. If you can get to that place, it's um magical i I love that I love these like quick
0: reframes that like you have to kind of wire in as you say and really believe it. but, it just offers so much less resistance. And a lot of the time when I have clients who are having resistance around like a course launch or an email they need to write or just showing up on social media and I say, well, what if it wasn't about you at all? What if Mm -hmm. you were doing all of this because there are lives waiting to be impacted by your work? And it's just like such, it's just a quick, like a new perspective to come from. I'm going to take on that one that you just said though, where it's like my business chose me. That's so good. I lo- thank you for sharing that with us.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I want to. <laughs> that's the one I want to scream from the rooftops because it's really, you know, as entrepreneurs, we're reading every book and doing every meditation and like doing everything we can <laughs> to grow and be better. And it was like that simple little reframe of like, oh, I'm not my business. I'm here to serve her. Got it, you know. And then <sighs> yes. living that out is just. It's been totally a game changer for me.
0: Well, and then it's like. there's so much less attachment as well because if something quote unquote fails, I don't really believe there's failures in business, um, but if something does not go the way that you desire it to, you don't have to make that mean anything about you if you're seeing the business as being separate from you. But that's not what we typically do. We launch something and we say, if this does well, it means I'm, I'm a success and I'm worthy and I'm, you know, know what I'm talking about and people like me. And if it doesn't, then it means all these terrible things. And I really don't want that to happen. So I'm going to like push up against it and pray that it doesn't and all the things.
1: Right. And I think that's really the hardest thing is like, and it's what I'm constantly trying to do is, is detach a little more because to Mm -hmm. me, is so personal. And when, when people say, oh, it's business, it's not personal. I'm like, well, I don't want to be a business. you then because it is so personal and we work so hard, but detaching from the outcome, I think that's the important thing that you just hit on. Like we can take it personally and we can, um, have personal relationships and you know, put our whole hearts and in, into it, but it's what get comes out of it that we need to detach from. And it's that old saying, you know, we're we're only entitled to the fruits, not or the the labor, not the fruits. And so getting so really feeling that gratitude for wow, I like am so grateful that I get to do this work without actually being attached to the outcome. And that is the hardest part. Yep. <laughs> and I'm constantly trying to, you know, say I did as much as I could, I did the best that I could, and now it's like not even in my hands anymore. It's out there and whatever happens happens. But I mean, to say that and believe that, that's too different. <laughs> that's too <Yep>. different.
0: <laughs> and it is like a like I'm totally in that all that like reframe in my mind all the time. It's not like, "Oh, I just decided to see my business this way." No, like there's still a lot of significance behind my my results or lack thereof but it's just like a, a, a in the beginning of my business it was like so significant if something mm-hmm. failed now it's like okay well what's next like what did I
1: learn moving on I know, you know. it's like well that didn't work I <laughs> launched something over the summer and I like was so excited about it and like it was such a swing and a miss and I'm like okay that's not like the I think honestly the the delivery was off I don't know what happened but the ad was like I'm supposed to be like this pillar you know, marketer and I create these like epic ads. And then I like made one for myself and it was like such a flop. And it's just like, well, <laughs> you know, let's try again. again. And that's all that it is. It's just sort of funny. Like when things like don't land at all, I just kind of sit back and, you know, where am I not really tuned in here? Or like, where was I off? And like, how can I, you know, refine or tune in or you know, make it less about me because obviously that wasn't what people wanted to hear. It was about selling online and people actually really do want to learn how to sell online, but I just think that the the delivery was off. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, so it's just – it's great learning experiences when when something fails, when we lose a client, when we lose a project. Um, you know, I, I say all the time like 99% of my clients and past, you know, colleagues and everyone who's who I've worked with, absolutely adore me and think I'm incredible. And then there's that one percent that like hate me <laughs> and there's like nothing I can do. You know, they like think I'm the worst, and it's just kind of like okay. I mean, and that it, that at first was really, really, uh huh. Yeah, it's like, hey, you don't think I'm amazing, like, what? and there's nothing I can do. You know, so. We just sort of have to look at the bigger picture and oftentimes it's that one out of a hundred that's negative that pulls us down, which is so crazy.
0: Yep. And we like hold ourselves back because of that. Like if we grow, then there'll be more hundreds like more one out of those 100s. One, one
1: totally. I like to say when you get a hater, it means you are successful because you've like triggered somebody and that's amazing. I got like a super hate email over the summer and it was my first one and I celebrated um, because I tell my clients all the time, like when you, when somebody goes out of their way to like hate on you so hard – that's like so much energy that they could be spending elsewhere. <laughs> They're spending it on hating on you. And that I, to me, that like is actually an undercover fan. Um, They just don't know it yet. Yeah, I agree. And it's almost
0: like that's the part that triggers me more than anything. I'm like, wow, like get a hobby or like meditate a little, like you've got a lot of pent up energy or anger. And if you're throwing it at me, who's like, talking about possibility and the universe and happiness, like, you you know, like, oh my God, I don't know. Anyways, that's the part that like I always struggle with is just the the type of person who wants to go out of their way to spread hate is just so hard for me to wrap my head around. But hey, that's their journey. And um, I agree. It's like they wouldn't be hating on you if you didn't spark something within them that they're needing to look at
1: yeah, and that honestly, for me, has been such a big piece of of my journey and why I'm so outspoken and sort of say the thing. um you know, there's definitely a shock factor involved in some of the things I say, which like, you know, can be fun. But on a deeper, more, I think important level to me, um, this is such a funny example, but it really stuck with me when I was in college. I was in a sorority, and once I got in, like we could use like to vote people in, you know, the whole thing is like totally ridiculous, but <laughs> we could only use like certain words, um, like certain positive words, for example, like in it for the right reasons would make a good leader, you know, things like that. Like you couldn't be like, oh, she's prettier. Okay. Oh, you know, she's dumb. Like you, ha- you could only <laughs> use like a select few words for the positives and for the negatives. And And I remember one of the negative words was didn't make an impression. Mm. And when I got into the sorority and I learned that that was one of the words, I was like that to me would be so much worse than being like, oh, I didn't like her. She did this or she – like to make people feel nothing (laughs) like that. is the worst thing anybody could say about me. I would rather somebody be like, I don't like her. She's not a good fit. She's not – like totally misunderstand me in every way than leave no impression. And that has stuck with me for so long. And so when I do get those comments or messages or I'm triggering someone, I'm like, awesome, I made an impression. And that's ultimately (laughs) at the end of the day what I'm looking to do is like help spark meaningful conversation – Um, amongst other people. So even if someone, you know, is talking negatively, it's like sparking conversation that hopefully is meaningful in some way. So anyway, that's a bit of a tangent, but I just remember thinking I was 19. I barely even knew I was alive. I hadn't found yoga or meditation or anything. And I just remember thinking, wow, that is the worst thing anyone could ever say.
0: That's such a good reframe again, or a perspective to come from. Is like, well, I made an impression on this person.
1: Totally, totally.
0: <laughs> I totally agree. If I'm not making an impression, oh, that is. It's like I barely even noticed she was there. <laughs> that would just crush me. That would be um, horrible. Horrible, especially as people who you know we make our our mission and and yeah, it is our business. But like you said, it's so much more than it's like what we exist here to do, <laughs> and we we make. Our mission about sharing, you know, the things that we're passionate about, and so to be told you don't make an impression, or to, you know, anyways, I know that you get it. Like that just absolutely would be the worst. So if you're getting hate mail, guys of any kind, you're making an impression. That's a good thing.
1: Awesome. Like (laughs) keep doing your thing.
0: Um. So you've been doing this for you know a while now. I think you said four years ago Mm -hmm. you started your business, and have you seen a shift in because you said what sells is authenticity. And I completely agree. And I, I feel like a big part of that, and I'm not the expert, but I feel like a big part of that is just that people are like starved for realness, you know, especially on like social media and all that kind of stuff. They're starved for like connection. And so have you seen a shift in your time doing this work and working with clients where the more authentic you are, the more real you are, the more, you know, sales you make as opposed to maybe four or five years ago where it was like look really good have beautiful photos be perfect and then you'll make sales
1: (laughs) yes a hundred percent which is awesome because I didn't necessarily know that going into the business like you know being so righteous it's not like I can sway away from authenticity at this point um so I'm glad that it's gone in that direction but um I was just looking at these notes for – I had a call with a client yesterday and she launched – her new book and I and it went really well and I asked her like to distill it down to two reasons like why she thinks it went as well as it did and she said one the authenticity like was number one she said I was so like I shared from the heart I was vulnerable I was honest like I shared throughout the process of how difficult it was for me and so by the time the book came out people felt like a part of the journey and the launch went incredibly well and she said the second reason was it was really easy for people to buy. And that's something I talk about a lot is like the ease or functionality, like asking for the sale. Oftentimes it's like we're hiding the purchase button and people aren't even able to purchase, which is a whole nother conversation. But I do believe and I have seen that authenticity wins over and over again and conscious consumerism is real. Like we are waking up to where we're putting our money and we are wanting to feel as a collective this connection and we're re- we're recognizing whether it's conscious or subconscious that money is energy and where we put it matters. And I've seen a massive shift before COVID and especially since COVID. Like I'm mm-hmm. only shopping small businesses right now. Like regardless of convenience that Amazon, you know, will deliver yeah. two days. Like I want to go to the source. I want to make sure that the person – that I, you know, this person is getting my money, which is my energy and my love. And then that's going to come into my house and that's going to be on my desk or, or whatever. And as much as we can, being really, really aware of who's getting our time and money. And I think that You know, Facebook or Instagram especially has helped us with this with like the mute feature um, because we can actually really control who we're even seeing because when we're scrolling, like whatever it is we're clicking on, those people are still getting our energy when we're swiping up on ads, whatever. So like instead of creating a spammy ad, like let's make it artistic. Let's make it educational. Let's make it informational. Let's make it valuable and that's what people want. I mean, marketing and sales should be like dating. You let your client or customer get to know you, understand your why behind what you do what you do, why your services are epic, what other people have to say, you know, get that social proof, all of these things. And then when you put the sale in front of them, it's like a no-brainer. So yes, uh, authenticity is definitely winning. I've also seen it go too far where people are like oversharing and sharing way too much and it's like, okay, there, there is a line. Um, there is definitely a line and we have to find that balance as entrepreneurs because I think the biggest thing, if you have an audience, you're selling something, sharing something, you're a coach, artist, healer, writer, we have to be more vulnerable than our audience. Um, that to me honestly is like the root of authenticity is when you can be more vulnerable than the person that you're talking to because then that allows them to have that aha moment and that realization and then they trust you. So for me, trust is such a big piece of this is when you can earn the trust, that's when your sales go up and how you earn the trust is by being more authentic. So mm-hmm. that's it's just this like fun circle and around and around we go and the more trust we earn the more authentic we are the more we see our sales go up the more we see our audience grow and it's sort of like a win-win for everybody because we're thriving we feel good because we're being we're, we feel seen for our actual selves um and i remember when i first shared about mental health i share about that a lot on my social media and the first time i did i was like terrified that like my clients mm-hmm. like, oh my god she's emotionally unstable like i can't hire her and it's like been just the opposite so yeah, I constantly see authenticity just winning um, and you have the metrics to show, you know, those typical success metrics, your account, your following goes up, your email list grows, you make more sales that we, you know, as entrepreneurs quantify success. So it's 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 winning, it's working.
0: It. There's like this mindset component that's really interesting where you start to see through the metrics as you're talking about that the more you put yourself out there, the more people want to buy or work with you or follow you or whatever. And it's funny because in the beginning of our business for a lot of us, definitely me, I was like, who do I, who do I need to, like, I I didn't really realize I was doing it. It was kind of unconscious, but I was definitely painting a certain picture out of so much of this, like not good enough or imposter syndrome. So it's like, I was putting this like certain, you know, image of Lauren out there feeling like I who I was or my level of success at that point wasn't good enough and so I needed to paint it a certain way like I said it wasn't intentional I just I just thought like that's what you do and clients want to see a certain thing in order a certain you know, type of person in order to buy, Mm -hmm. but it's like, it's actually been the opposite where the more I've just been like, Hey, this is what it's been like. Here's the struggles. Here was a whole month where I didn't feel like getting out of bed and I could barely like press the publish button on this episode for you guys. (laughs) Like this is the reality. And that's what people actually really are interested in. And then you get to see that like, just by being me, I am not only enough, but I get to thrive as well. And I actually would like to ask you, what is that line you talked about around taking it too far? Because I think that that's probably hard for people to navigate is like, I want to be real. I want to show up vulnerably and authentically, but how do I know if I've taken it too far?
1: Good question. I think that uh, it's such a fine line and we have to find it and I can give a couple examples Um, Yeah, so one of them and the easiest one and I I constantly sort of go back to teaching yoga because I really think of social media the same way. It's like we have all this energy in our room and like what are we saying to them and how are we making them feel and are we making them feel seen or held or are we making it all about us? And I think one of the things is like oftentimes people like to share when they're grieving or going through a breakup or having a bad experience or they're having a um, – like even today, I made a post about scope creep um, when a client tries to like you know overstep what was in the contract and it's this really common thing that happens and we want to please our clients so we like allow scope creep to happen mm-hmm. and a couple months ago I had a major falling out with a client. I was really upset. I was really mad because I set a boundary and I was like this is out of scope for the project and they weren't willing to like compensate me additionally. And it ended up like blowing up. And I was so upset in that moment. I like had written this, this thing. Cause I write so much in my notes on my phone. It's like ridiculous. And, um, that would have not been appropriate to share. So even though it was like my honest feelings, this is how I was feeling. It was like rooted in emotions. My ego was like through the roof, like it was not appropriate at all. Now it's been a few months and I'm like, oh, wow, that project wasn't mine. You know, like my dream clients like fully value and respect the hell out of my time and energy and when I'm like, oh, that's out of scope – um, but here's like, an, you know, here's what that extra five hours or, you know, the extra landing page is going to cost. You're like, oh, no problem. Great. You know? And it's like easy. So when you like have those clear expectations, but at the moment my ego was so bruised and I was like pissed off and like, you know, just in a state of not okay, um, that's when you shouldn't post. And so I think for me, once I've come out of that hole or once I've had that aha moment, there's like a teachable lesson. There's a difference between like sharing an experience, aha moment, realization lesson, or just like dumping our baggage on people. Yep. And I think that's the line. Like, and I took a yoga class once where this teacher was like obviously having a bad day. And I left the class feeling like shit because she literally just came in and dumped her baggage. There was no teachable moment. There was no anything. And I think that like, that's the line. It's like, is this your baggage or is this something of value? And now I'm like, people need to hear this. I have something valuable to share. Um, you know, and and I can share from a place of like good intention and not like, oh, I hope they see this. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) it's just, where is the intention? And I think that is where you can find the line is what is the intention of this post? Does this generate like m- for me it's grace. My word for 2020 is gr- 2021 is grace. So it's like, is there grace in this? And if there's not, then it's not time to share. <laughs> I thank
0: you. That was a perfect distinction, especially what you're saying around, well, yeah, one, what is the energy that I'm coming from? Which I think is always a good question to be asking yourself, um, regardless of you know, sort of your emotional state, if you're writing an email to your list come from a place of service, right? But um, what I usually say to clients and the way that I approach being more vulnerable is it's almost always, well, it is always after I've had this experience and I've learned something from it. And that's why I'm sharing it, right? Like here's what happened. Here's what I've learned because that's going to be of service to other people. And it's not full of emotion. It's usually for me, you know, a week, a couple of months after whatever it is um, that's happened. And I'm real about sharing it, but it's not, it's like, I don't want to share it until I know why this has happened or what I was meant to learn from it or how it can benefit other people. So I think that that's a really great distinction for people.
1: Definitely. Definitely. And like when you're in the heat of the moment, like for me, if I'm having an anxiety attack, like I'm not going to (laughs) share like – What's yeah. happening in that moment, and and I don't think that that makes me any less authentic. It's just like I'm having an experience, and I think with social media, we're sort of like programmed to just like immediately share our experiences and ideas. And like we bought a house in November, and I just shared it for the first time two days ago because I wanted to like hold that energy sacred, and I didn't want to let it out yet. And I don't think that it was inauthentic that I didn't share that. Um, so that again, really comes back to just like, what do we want to hold sacred? There's a lot of my spiritual practice. I scream from the rooftops and there's a lot that I hold totally sacred. And I think what we hold sacred is just as important, if not more important than what we share. And yeah, so I, I, um, I mean, I'm learning every day. (laughs) Of course,
0: we all are. Uh, And I think that showing up authentically does not mean sharing every second of your life and every deep secret that you have and every moment with your social media audience, nor is it necessary. I mean, I feel like my audience has a good idea of who I am and they've connected with me, but there's so much that I don't share personally because that's... Like you said, sacred, just there's things that I want to enjoy for myself or things that I don't need the whole world to be asking about or even knowing about. Um, So you really get to kind of decide what parts of your life you put out there um, in a way that feels good for you, but just do it as your true self when you do.
1: Absolutely. And I think, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with Angie Lee, but I follow her and she's just like super outrageous and is a marketer. And she talks about, she made a post a couple months ago that super resonated with me. And she's like, when you get successful in business or you like hit a certain number of followers, for some reason we like turn into these like influencers. And it's like, there are millions of influencers out there that are actually influencers or like people don't actually care about what you had for breakfast unless you're like Justin Bieber, like then we care. But like we think that because we have like, you know, 12,000 followers, like all these people automatically like want to like buy our hair products and all this stuff. And it's like, that's not why I'm here. Like I'm here to share about marketing and business in an honest way. I'm here to share about authenticity mental health and spirituality like not my shampoo brand and i'm totally when i read that i was like oh my god that's so funny because i've totally like done that and and that's when i think our our audience and like what we're sharing gets really saturated and we need to remember like why do you want people to follow you like if people want to learn about x you should be the number one spot and if you're just another person you know you you know sharing whatever that's like totally irrelevant to you and what you do on a day-to-day basis. Like what shampoo I use is completely irrelevant, um, to anything. And so when I do share about things, it's like, well, what do I want people to follow me for? What, like my little pocket of the internet, I want it to be about honest and truthful business. Like hardships around entrepreneurship, honest growth, spirituality, and mental health, like period, you know? And, and I just think it's so funny. And that totally woke me up. Cause I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why am I sharing all this stuff? It's like, we do this funny thing and we're so funny as humans on social media. So yeah.
0: <laughs> it is a very interesting time to be alive for sure. Oh, wow. Um, so I just have one or two more questions for you but I you've spoken a bit about resistance and overcoming resistance and the fact that when you started putting yourself out there that there was resistance with that as opposed to kind of being in your clients businesses mm-hmm. what's your experience been with that and how have you overcome that in order to not just show up powerfully but also create success for yourself with this entirely new business model that did require you to be visible? Mm, That's a
1: really good question. And I think if anybody out there has the answer to overcoming resistance, please (laughs) share it because that I did not figure out. What I figured out is to coexist with resistance. And it's another one of those little reframes. Like I would say my resistance reframe and the reframe earlier about separating yourself are probably the two biggest reframes that have transformed my business and just my life. Um, and around resistance, it's, you know, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert in her book, um, big magic. Have you read that? I haven't though. I have heard of it th- Yeah. So she talks about like fear taking – like taking fear along for the ride and she has this like whole analogy which I'm totally going to butcher but it's about like recognizing fears, telling it to buckle up because we're going anyway. And that's how I feel about resistance in a lot of ways. I sort of had this aha moment and I believe this that resistance actually – Actually equals authenticity, and wherever you're feeling the most resistance, that's actually a really interesting, like, flag as to that's what I should be doing and i'm like so resistant there's this course i'm trying to launch with my mentor called authentic selling bootcamp i'm i know it's going to like literally transform so many people's lives i cannot record the videos i know <laughs> that this is where i should be spending my time so for me i see resistance as actually like a guide to what i should be doing and i and you feel it and it's there any it's there and you do it anyway so In overcoming, I have no answers. It's in recognizing, okay, hey, this is resistance. I see you. I love you. Thanks for reminding me. I'm on the right track. I'm going to do this anyway. Please take a seat. And then resistance sits there and watches you and tries to pull you down by (laughs) imposter syndrome and self-doubt and self-worth and saying you're not good enough. And you're like, cool. That means I really should be doing this. Thank you so much. And it's just this sort of like ping pong of like resistance. I'm going to do it. Resistance. I'm doing it anyway, but resistance is always there. <laughs> That's so good. You're and I completely are meant to be doing. I I believe that.
0: Yes. Yeah, and I don't know. People that try to start businesses and think that it's going to be easy because they've heard about manifesting and they've heard about the path of least resistance and like there is something to be said about those things, but you like the version of you who has a super successful business or that next level business whatever that is for those of you listening, is somebody different. And the way to become that version of you is through following what scares you and blasting through it. Oh my gosh. I love
1: that. Yeah, that's so true. And you really like change. I mean, there's all these memes that I've seen. It's like, oh, you know, I'm not the same person I was five minutes ago or, you know, five five months ago, whatever you have to re-get to know me. And I I believe that in business. Like if you met me in business three years ago and were to meet me again today, it's like you would be meeting a different person. And that is the ultimate beauty I think of entrepreneurship is you just get to grow and evolve with your business. Um, and what got you here isn't going to get you where you're going and what's getting you where you're going isn't going to get you to the next level. So it's like you constantly reach these growth edges, stop, reevaluate, pivot, move forward. And to me, the more willing we are to recognize a growth edge, pivot, like open up for possibility, do the thing, keep going, okay, I'm going to pivot again. And the more just detached we are to that specific way of doing things, um, the more successful we can be. And yeah. And I see that in my clients, like when they're willing to like try something my way, or I got on this call with a client the other day and she's like, my social media is dead. I don't want to post about this. She was super negative. And I was like, okay, um, you're obviously here because you're facing resistance and you're, you actually do want this or you want to be on a call with me. So like, I'm going to ask you to do it my way. And here's what I want you to do. And by the end of the call, she was like, I'm so excited. And so that openness that she had, even though she was like in this place of like, I'm not enthused at all. She's like, okay, I'm open to trying a new way of doing things. And that's really all we need is that like openness and willingness. And the biggest financial losses and the biggest like opportunities missed come from like being super closed off to a new way of doing things. And so that's my biggest reminder for anyone in business, regardless of like what stage you're at is just open to all possibilities. Like we have our pillars of revenue, we have our goals, we have our action items, we have our manifestations, blah, blah blah. and then we have to be open to magic because we don't know. Like if you told me six months ago I would be buying my dream home, I'm literally mm-hmm. looking at the ocean right now. I would have like never believed you like we have to leave room for the magic. You know, we can plan and we can budget and we can set goals and we can hit our goals and, and we can spend all of this time crushing ourselves and killing ourselves. But when we do that, there's no room to breathe. There's no room for like that amazing possibility or opportunity to come your way. So for me, it's like here are my pillars of revenue, here are my goals, and here's a big wide open space for something magical to come. And I don't know what it is yet, but I know it's coming and just to trust in that.
0: I love that. So, um, just to wrap things up, what if you had one or two? <laughs> when everyone, when anyone asks me to give one tip, I like I can't I can't do that. But one or two tips for people wanting to market their both themselves and their uh, offers more authentically, or just marketing authentically in general.
1: Yes. Um, well, two things. One, I'm going to steal from Simon Sinek and start with why. Um, Mm -hmm. so always, always, always when you're at a loss of what to share, say, promote, tell me why, tell me, you know, answer the four questions, the four most important questions you should be able to answer are who are you, what do you do, why does it matter and what's in it for me, your customer. Um, and sharing why you do what you do is a huge way to connect with people, share backstory, you know, storytelling, good storytelling is good marketing. So the more that you can bring your story, um your energy your passion into it when you're excited about something other people will be excited about it so it's like you know my one of my teachers in college it was like the most boring subject ever but I learned so much because he was so passionate about it so it's all in the delivery it's all in the way you tell and share the story. And then the second thing is, is you should go home right now or sit down whenever you have a free moment and write a letter to your dream client and get really specific and answer those four questions in that letter. Who are you? What do you do? Why does it matter? What's in it for me? And what's your prayer for your dream client or customer? Like your dream client or customer is finding you for the first time. They're sitting across from you in a room, even though that's like ancient now everything's on social media but really you have their attention for 30 seconds or a minute what do you say to them what's your prayer for them how do you connect with them and just clear the clear the noise and um go from there like just drop into why you do what you do and who it is that you really want to show up and the beauty of it is is if you keep doing that you stay inspired you stay consistent they'll show up i'm going to do that like today. just <laughs> like hands down. I do <laughs> it all the time. And then I'll sometimes post my letter like on, you know, I've written my letters to my dream clients and then I'll drop, like write it as an email. Um, there's so much content you can pull from answering those four questions. So oh, that. that's
0: so good. Thank you. Um, yeah. a tangible, tangible action step, which also aligns you energetically with what it is that you're calling in and gives you the marketing and the things that they need to hear in order to know that you're the business owner for them. So
1: amazing. Yeah. Um, so where can people connect with and, or work with you? Uh, yeah. So my Instagram is just Krista Ritma and I post and share a lot there. I try and share as much value and teachable uh, little aha moments, honest moments as much as I can. And then everything else is on my website, authenticaudience.co.co. Um, my most popular and favorite offering is my custom strategy sessions. And uh, that is a 90-minute deep dive one-on-one with me. And then afterwards, I build you a custom 30, 60, and 90-day strategy. And people just love it. And I love it. And it solves this problem of you know, most people are like, "I just need a roadmap, and I need right. somebody to tell me what to do, so I can get on my own way and do it." So that's really fun. Um, I have a couple courses coming up. I have a course called Marketing Fundamentals that you can take as a self-study, and it's not technically open for enrollment. But if you want it, shoot me an email, and I'll give it to you. <laughs> Perfect. And yeah. Um. And my podcast is the Authentic Audience Podcast where. I try and have real talk around all of the things, business, spirituality, relationship, mental health, et cetera, with people who inspire me and I feel are like rooted in authenticity. So – That's perfect.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Well, I'm going to link all of those things in the description as well as your email so that they can shoot you an email if they'd like your course that you mentioned. Um, and just thank you so much, Krista. There were so many, I mean, I got so much from this episode and this conversation with you and so many just really powerful reframes. And I just really
1: appreciate your time and willingness to share today thank you so much. I appreciate you. You have the best energy and I'm excited to see your letter to your dream client and (laughs) um, great questions and great interview. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Okay. Bye guys.
0: Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or you got value from it, it would mean the world to me if you'd share it on your Instagram stories and give the podcast a five-star review, which helps me to get this message out into the ears and the hearts of those who can benefit from it. And I'll see you guys next episode.